0: John Leonetti, what's going on, man?
1: Hanging out here in San Clemente with you all.
0: Thanks for having us in your home.
1: You're more than welcome. Anytime. Welcome anytime. Thanks. Yeah.
0: Um, So I hear that you're not the first Leonetti in the business.
1: This is true.
0: (laughs) Can you tell me how you yourself got into the business?
1: You can call it nepotism. Um, actually, uh, my daddy, who is 97 years old, um, Was in the business like, I don't know, the 30s, something like that. He was an electrician on The Wizard of Oz and he gaffed singing in the rain. And um, anyway, so he was in the business and then um, he started a, a motion picture equipment business in the mid 50s, which is when I was born ish. Uh, around, that time.
0: around that time, general vicinity.
1: And um, yeah, and so uh, I just went to work at like 13 in the family business, you know, like you do in any Italian family business. And uh, kind of had really nothing to do with me necessarily wanting to be in the business, you know. But um, um, I just went to work there and thought it was really interesting, you know. Um, and. So it was inevitable that I would work in it, but not necessarily that I would, you know. uh, To what extent or to what
0: department or what your interest was had to be developed still at that point?
1: Make a career of it and and become passionate about it, you know?
0: Well, it happened somewhere along the
1: line there. It did. It did. Well, actually, um, when I was a kid, I used to draw and paint, you know? So there's a side of me that was kind of into the, quote, artistic, you know, thingies. Visual arts. Visual arts, yeah. Um, but then when, like, girls and cars came along, I blew that off and, and <laughs> basically, burner. you know, just, like, <laughs> went on to other things. And Yeah, but um, so girls
0: like arts, you do. Well, uh, yeah. Which you maybe but, learned later on. But
1: I, yeah, I didn't even have a clue about that at that point, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. But um, anyway, um, it was interesting, though. I. I was fortunate enough to get in the union by the time I was 18, because, can you hear okay? Is it okay? So, so? If I cut the boom, you guys are actually pretty good, so. Okay, good. Sorry. Anyway, um, I got the union when I was 18, because I had worked in our, you know, my way up through the ladder in our family business, we had electrical grip. Sound camera, a little production company, you know, all these little thingies and, um, there were different facets of the business that I could, you know, work my way through, which I did. And, um, uh, kind of gravitated towards the camera department when I was like 15, I went to visit my brother, Matt, who's also a cinematographer. Um, and he was operating on a picture at that time. And I was in Dallas, Texas. And, um, I went there for a vacation But just because I knew how to load magazines, um, uh, they asked me to stay because the guy... Anyway, long story short, they needed the help. And so I stayed. And I ended up... It was my first, like, paying job on a movie. I was 15 years old. And I was, you know, I made like $120 a week. I'll never forget it. My brother made sure I made less than the craft service person, but I would get paid. And I did. And it was cool. Um, So I got in the union when I was 18. And I would actually worked then in the summer times in between, uh, uh, you know, school year college and uh, basically paid my way through college my last two years and um, had money left over, drugs for everybody and uh, it was really fun. (laughs)
0: Living the dream up until then sounds perfect to me.
1: Yeah, but I, I didn't know then, really, if it, hey, what a great opportunity, you know, what an amazing adventure our business is, was cinematography like, you know, thing i was supposed to do for the rest of my life i didn't know then um but it's interesting Uh, then i i um when i got out of college i went i got to work with a cameraman named james uh jack sorry jack whitman and um he took me on this show called the dukes of hazard the original um, I was a focus puller on the Dukes of Hazard.
0: But badass.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, cheers to that, Dukes of Hazard. It was
1: uh, quite fun, actually.
0: Because you like cars and you like girls and you like the process of.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, you know, we did 11 pages a day, and, and lighting wasn't exactly, uh, you know, That's anything. <laughs> but you know, two in those days, two arcs or an arc behind the camera. It's a little different than what we do now, and not not dissing with Jack Whitman. Um, as a cameraman because he was an amazing cameraman he knew more about honestly um how to use the camera than as much as anybody I've ever worked with in my career so Mm -hmm. that was very cool to have that opportunity to work with this dude this great guy I admired him actually very much anyway um once I got a chance to get on the Dukes um I met a director there trying to remember his name I wish I could remember it right now maybe it'll come to me oh it's on the tip of my tongue but he said, "You know, John, you." He gave me art books, like books of Rembrandt or whoever, and and said, "You know, you might even want to think about directing." I said, "Really? You know." Anyway, he he's, for some reason he thought I had some kind of uh, saw
0: some potential there. Yeah,
1: whatever. So anyway, you're into it. I was yeah. So <laughs> in any case, um, eventually I um, I went to uh, work on and off for him for my brother Matt, and. It wasn't until I was about 25 years old where lighting kind of, I got it. And it's not until you like get lighting, I think, that you can really, um, I want to say maybe become even more passionate about it or become passionate about it. When you see how relevant
0: it is.
1: Yeah. and, And understand what it takes to, uh, to light something appropriately for the story, you know? Um, Technically and creatively, it's because it's you get to use both sides of your brain and all. But it's it's actually a fairly it's very different when you know now we're shooting everything basically or uh, almost everything digitally, except for a, you know a few television shows or a few um, features, uh, which I I get I embrace. However. I think it's kind of sad you know you
0: can get away with more maybe
1: well it's not like you could look at a monitor and light and go put light here put light there you had to know what the hell you're doing expose it properly and hopefully it was you know in a based on the story for artistic reasons and so technically you had to have your shit together but but and, and creatively you had to you know, kind of marry that but it's different now and, and and not that i i think lighting off a monitor is a bad thing i don't but it was just very different so um i um
0: Do you think maybe almost like part of the craft of being a cinematographer is gone because of the evolution of the digital camera or is it just evolving? You still need to have that part of the eye.
1: I think it's totally evolving. evolving. You know, someone who's never exposed film and lights off a monitor could create just as good a work, could be just as technically savvy in a very different way. Be easily as successful. I don't diss that. I think that's fantastic. Uh, However, I do believe that um, the experience that I have acquired and many others that come up from film have a a whole different experience and expertise. It's just different. And is it helpful? Hell yeah. I mean, uh, there's no question about it. I, um, I mean, I actually like using my eye and my reflective digital spot meter. Uh, even on digital, I don't light off a monitor. I don't use a black tent. I mean, sure, it's great to have a cool monitor. Can I read a histogram? Yes, um, do, do I, you know. But you do don't I, rely on that. Not at all, no. oh, not at all. I actually, I treat every digital camera um, like a different film stock, actually.
0: Because it emulates film in a different way.
1: Well, because every you know different film stocks react to light and, and exposure and, and, and balance and all that stuff differently, and so do different digital cameras. Okay, and they're all, they're very different actually. You know the difference between a you know a, a home video camera, a, you know a seven D or a five D or a, an Alexa or a, an Epic or a you know a Phantom, whatever. I mean, they 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 all handle you know exposure and contrast and color differently you know so it's 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 kind of fun to just like what i do is i just like test it learn it and then treat it you know treat it like you know what i'm really anxious about the magic of seeing what it looks like tomorrow just like when we did it on film you you didn't know what it was going to be until you went to dailies the next day and it's very different very different but in that respect, but, but it's the way I work, you know, it's what I know, and I love it that way, I like, I like the challenge of, you know, it's because I like the challenge of using my eye and my meter, and then I'll, you know, the DIT will, if you, if you even have one, you know, um,
0: You should have one. Get a DIT.
1: You should have one. Don't
0: leave home with that one. Yeah,
1: right. Well, I'm not (laughs) knocking them. I think they're great, you know, uh, at all. I mean, they're wonderful. I love having a DIT. But but they'll say, oh, John, maybe you could stop down another quarter of a stop or open up the third stop or something like that. And that's cool. I mean, but when you're talking quarters and thirds, it's different than one or two. And usually I'm pretty right on, and that's because I was weaned that way. You know what I mean, sort of? Yep. It's... However, it's different, you know, lighting for digital than it is for...
0: But the image is still the image, and with your experience, you know how it needs to turn out, and you know how to get it there. Absolutely.
1: Gosh, I hope so. Yeah, I do, and I love it. I love the process completely.
0: Amazing. Um, Earlier, you had said to me that um, we're here in San Clemente, and you uh, Mm -hmm. enjoy some surfing activities over there.
1: I do. Um,
0: That was interesting because um, one of, the films that you worked on, uh, *Soul Surfer*, yeah. Uh, yeah, is an amazing true story it is. Uh, about a surfer. Can you tell us a little bit about the story and
1: sure. how love you to. got
0: involved
1: in it? Honored to be a part of that film, first beautiful. of all. Oh my gosh, um, you know the the uh, the passion that uh, Bethany Hamilton has had uh, for the ocean and surfing is. You know, it's it's as religious as, as, as anything I know, yep. actually. And I think that, you know, on that note, um, she's also very uh, religious and, and she's very Christian and, and all that. And I do believe that her belief in, you know, God and all that stuff, which I'm not so much into personally anymore, but I totally think that that helped her. Yep. But I think that ultimately her her passion for the water and surfing is what drove her to, you know, get back in the water, what, three weeks later, anyway, after she lost her arm from, you know, a tiger shark at 13 years old, and it was, it's, you know, the story is about her, uh, having that determination to come back in spite of what everybody thought, including her parents, who are, they're surfers too, I mean, they're all water people, Her whole family are water people, um, it's pretty amazing, and she showed them, you know, she showed everybody, and, um, it's a really neat drama and it's, and Bethany and her family, I'm actually, you know, I don't talk to them much anymore, but I became very close with them at the time. And, you know, they're welcome to stay here anytime. And I know if I go over there, they'd let me stay at their house and, and they're those kind of people. Yeah. And, um, I got to tell you, um, that was one of the last, maybe that was the last film show I did. And there was a reason for it then, which we can talk about if you want, but yeah. more, but more than anything, um, Talk about, you know, living the dream and working, like, in your dream to be working in Hawaii um, in the winter on the North Shore of Oahu and and, um, going to uh, Kauai as well. Um,
0: And working on a true story, not just, you know, a surfer tale, but an actual true, inspiring story of someone who, you know, comes the closest to death I can think of and gets back on the board.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It was uh, it was quite inspiring. Literally, um, uh, the, fir- the second day I was I went I arrived in Hawaii uh, for prep. I met with Sean um, McNamara. He's um, our director. One, wonderful dude. Oh my god, um, totally got it. Um, immediately he says, "Let's go to Kauai and see where it took place. Meet Bethany. Meet her family, and." He was just so anxious to show me, us, myself, the production design you know, uh, a few of us, um, what, what the real vibe was and what kind of, you know, what that part of the aloha spirit was over there, whatever. So we did next day we went over there and, um, we went on this beach where, where, um, it's not where she got, um, where she got uh, bit, which was in tunnels, which is right near the North Shore. Um, but we went to one of her her favorite surf breaks, and she was out there in the water. She was wearing um, a red bathing suit. I'll never forget it because she had, that, she had or that really blonde, not bleach blonde, but really, blonde. well, sun bleach blonde. blonde. blonde platinum blonde from the sun yeah. I mean she just stood out in the water and she was out there just you know ripping it up with one arm and she was you know at that time she was 18 19 years old and this happened when she was 13 and I'll never forget just seeing that image of her and then meeting her and then she took us to her um she has a shack that she bought since you know she has done kind of fairly well she's not like rich or anything but she's doing fine you know yeah. and her with her story yeah. and, and even her, you know, she she still competed and, you know, as well. And uh, she took us there, and we had a barbecue, and we were all helping barbecue and drinking wine, and she, they brought out the board that she got bit on. I have it. I can show it to you if you want. I have a picture right in my phone. And we'll I mean, it
0: from you after, and we'll put it in.
1: Totally. Yeah, okay. you should. Um, yeah. And it was the first time I think she ever brought it out since she got bit, and she oh, brought yeah. it out for us. And I'm telling you, it was amazing. And... And just the way they opened their hearts and their home for us and, you know, the crew. And and, and at that moment, I knew that this was going to be a really incredible experience. Not just another movie, by any means. And it wasn't. Everybody was so cool. Um, I love the water. I mean, to be able to do dialogue in the water, I mean, to have... You know, your gaffer and key grip out there, you know, and, like, using a a foam bounce board as a a bounce, but really like a boogie board to hang out in the water and just, you know. I mean, that's what we did. It was all very natural. I mean, that was it, you know. I mean, very natural. How did
0: you get some of those amazing shots in the water? I have no idea. And they look beautiful. I mean, it's a uh, sunny day, and that's great and all, but, you know, everything's looking crisp and clear and gorgeous. I mean, how do you control well,
1: huh. their nature like You can't, that. you can't, you, no, no, you, you, you know, um. You know, you,
0: like, for certain shots, I mean, there's, I think, there's some skateboarders in the film as well, yep. and there's some crazy yep. shots of the point of view of under the skateboard, like, yeah, what Yeah, we was put that? a GoPro under there. The GoPro, I thought it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, what else could it be, but.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, hmm, huh. <laughs> that was so fun, we also put the GoPro, you know, and this is. This is kind of before people were really. I mean, everybody has a GoPro and they're using them now. I mean, that's like, you know, it's way, 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 way more common now. What, was than that than one it of was. the
0: first times it was maybe used for?
1: Um, for it, one of maybe, but well, I would say the first time by any means. And there were, you when know, when it was
0: first emerging as yeah, 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 exactly,
1: exactly. I mean, I, I yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing is, it it's small enough that it fits between the the bottom of the of uh, the board and of the deck and. And the ground with the you know with the height of the the wheels. Yeah. And we just um, I think we velcroed it or we, yeah I think we put velcro on each you know stick, you know and just stuck it under there and just went for it. It's so simple. It's so simple and it's so cool. And those cameras are amazing. Actually, you know now they're uh, now they have four K. Uh, the Hero Three is four K. Insane. And that's a whole. I mean, what's going yeah, on right now is yeah, it's, it's mind blowing. Definitely. It's cool.
0: Um, you, I think you just finished the the second Insidious film. I that, did. Yep. yep. And what what was your experience like? What camera was used? How? Were, what was the workflow with that film?
1: Well, that was uh, the Alexa. Yep. You know, um, which is aside from I think one other camera that's emerged in the past year or so, which is the F sixty five and the F fifty five, the camera of choice. It's mm-hmm. it's it. it it creates images gracefully, kind of like film. Not exactly. Kind of like that. As close we've gotten so far. Yeah, and I think it is the first sort of—I don't want to use this in a in a in a cynical way—but the first film killer that that is, that is it has some definitely has some advantages over film, and. You know, listen, they're both wonderful. You know, 35 millimeter film or whatever. Film is beautiful. But um, the Alexa the is very graceful.
0: Yeah, I had a good time using that.
1: Yeah, it's great. It's uh, extremely sensitive to light. And it seems like it's becoming, more, I mean, with, these, with the, um, the firmware updates or whatever you want to call them, yeah. it seems like it's getting more sensitive. I don't know. Um, I'm using less and less and less light um, every movie as I go along and it's, it's kind of crazy that um, should
0: be able to help in uh, you know, in a thriller film because there's a lot of dark moments and um, little it, nuances in the dark it's always happening in the dark it,
1: it does, yeah. no question yeah. uh, however, because it's so light sensitive it's more about taking light away mm. than actually adding light okay okay so it's the opposite um, it is yeah. because it's so sensitive. you've got to be really careful because, and, and it depends on what kind of blacks you want and, and all that mm-hmm. you know. um, it's, it's the camera's amazing though and um, did you, did,
0: what did you use on the first insidious?
1: We used at that time that was the advent of the red Mysterium X chip, which nice. is basically the, <laughs> the same chip that's in the epic but it's a slightly different beast i guess but um that's before the epic had even come out mm-hmm. and um it's you know it's, it's it's like a 640 asa camera i think the the epic and the maybe 800 but kind of 640 and um the alexa is a true 800 maybe it's actually i think it's in the shadows it's more like 1200 it's kind of a, not it's not a flat sort of rating it's like a curve sort of or something like that yeah. i'm not that technical but to me it's <laughs> like works. kind of bizarre um uh but um the the alexei has more um more contrast range and it, the, although the red epic has great blacks it's more contrasty and it gets black quicker okay and so that could be neat. It's not a bad thing necessarily, but you have more options with the Alexa. You can always crank. You can always crush the blacks. You can't pull something out that's not there. Okay. And yeah.
0: with and with so many variables that you can't control on set, having uh, more control the better for. Absolutely. For a cinematographer. No question.
1: No yeah. question. And and the Alexa is like I say, it's it's wonderful. It's amazing. Um, I have to say also that F65 is because <laughs> yeah. I tested that for. I tested the Epic, Alexa, and the, um, and the F-65 um, a little over a year ago for a movie I did called The Conjuring, which hasn't come out yet, mm-hmm. and um, I was blown away by, by the F-65, blown away. Um, the, Alexa was awesome, as it is, and the Epic was cool as it is, maybe, but...
0: But the F-65 was something new.
1: Yeah, and, and it's, it's, you know, it's like high fidelity. It's, you know, higher K than the Red Epic, and um, even more sensitive to light than the Alexa. And more contrast range. I mean, it's un- frick- unfucking believable if you want to know the truth.
0: Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, as I, well, as if it was possible, I would have seen Insidious 2, but I haven't, because it's not out it yet. But sure. Insidious, the the first one, there's a, the scene at the end where he goes into the, the dream sequence, and it's all that dark and red, and... Um, it's terrifying. Like what? Yeah. What was your vision there to scare the pants off people? Yes, well, but
1: well, that's um, that was in the first one. That was kind of like a part of the further we call it. The further, right? Yes. And and that was with the red faced devil. And and really, that vision, um, I have to give a lot of credit to James Long, yeah. our director. Yeah. I mean, he, that was his vision that I totally helped him realize so um you know m- a lot of that f- that film if you really watch it and i had to watch it again recently because we just did the second one yeah. and i had to kind of analyze it like are we going to have it look the same or are we going to not you know yeah. but it's very desaturated and there's a there's a lot of like it's almost like a skip bleach kind of touch over the first insidious in ingra- in gradations depending on what's going on and anyway um but with the Red faced monster in the, in his lair at the end, we really went for some real color and red. And that was like, you know, to really kind of, uh, uh, I don't know, I think in more of a bizarre way to just see how to let the audience experience how freaky that dude was relative to the rest of the images in the, in the film to even offset it more like you've gone deeper, you know, into the further or something like that. I mean, it's all made up. It's all, you know.
0: Well, that's what's great about your ability to light a different environment. You feel like you're transported somewhere different. Mm-hmm. Um, that's true. You know, with the tones they're using, it's making me feel scared. You don't know what's around the corner and the shadows and everything. So, I mean, Hopefully. that's yeah. I love horror movies and killers. Really? So I'm I'm all about it.
1: Well, then you have to see The Conjuring.
0: Yes, The Conjuring. Because it okay. is
1: by far probably the best scary movie I've ever worked on. Ooh. And I and 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 it's it's in the zone of. the the poltergeist I mean I was a focus puller on the original poltergeist as well and um, people it it tested like a 93 percent people say it's just scarier actually even scarier than the exorcist it's it's super good it's it's coming out it might be more than I can
0: handle but I'm It's really cool
1: it's creepy as hell the conjuring yeah it's it's actually a really good story okay cool based on true story as well
0: oh that's creepy
1: yeah it's extra creepy (gasps) and um, the acting is phenomenal awesome And James just kicked the shit out of it directing it. And I think we did a pretty good job of supporting him on it, you know. It's awesome.
0: Are you James Wan's dude?
1: So far, you know. um, Listen, I've done five in a row with Brother James. And um, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be his friend. And so far his cinematographer. Um, I believe I'm going to do the next one with him. Excellent. Sounds like it. You never know. Um, but, well, when you uh, have
0: that team mentality, it just makes everything just go as planned. That collaboration. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, 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 we definitely have an, an unspoken relationship visually. What's so cool about him is he is extremely visual. And, you know, I met him on a movie. The first movie was um, called Dead Silence. It was a universal picture. It was his first studio picture. Yep. And, and before that was Saw. Okay? That's, yep. that's all he'd done. And, and I was kind of a universal boy uh cinematographer then you know and they and since you know it's just the way our business is generally if you're you know for for a newcomer or upcomer uh to do a studio picture they usually put someone that's kind of a little experienced with them someone that's done a few of their movies they trust whatever so i happen to be someone that they had him interview with as one of you know and coincidentally our vision seemed to be the same in the movie and it, we hit it off and you know now it's five in a row since and and I'm again I'm really really you know thankful and for that's that that's how it happens yeah and but he is extremely visual and and he gets color and gamma and mid-range and blacks and skip I and mean, he gets all that shit excellent, big time excellent. you know so to have someone that gets that and to be able to collaborate with someone that gets that and And help lift them up when they get that, you know, it's pretty cool.
0: So, if he's ever, you know, stumped for a scene or not quite sure how something should work out, you're there to kind of.
1: Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. It's not, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I can definitely have a plan A, B, and C for him. That's as a cinematographer or camera person, um, that's what you're supposed to have, you know. Um, All based hopefully on, you know the story is uh driving you nice.
0: know nice um so i've been waiting as long as i can to talk to you about one of my one of my favorite movies uh that you worked on mm. um i'm a video game fan and mm. Mm.
1: Really?
0: mortal kombat oh yeah dude wow. that was an amazing film i love it well well cool i did... love 90s films too they're, they're amazing me
1: too actually and, and actually as, a, as the a energy
0: shooter? of them is just ridiculous and it's like I don't even care if it's a VHS I'm watching it I'm in whatever mm-hmm. like it's amazing um, well, we did
1: some pretty groundbreaking shit in that movie.
0: yeah because I mean at that point video games into films was kind of just
1: yeah, stumbling happened.
0: along it wasn't this huge thing that it is now so you know True. for me in my teenage years for that to come out
1: it's interesting um, it was super exciting super fun movie to do yeah Paul Anderson director, another yep. super visual person. Okay. Yep. So, you know, again to have that as a inspiration is a sort of a kickoff point for creating some trippy visuals, <laughs> which they were. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know crazy we,
0: characters crazy and
1: characters alternate and outfits universe. And, and, and outworld. Um, and you know, I actually I kinda got to come up with and you know, with Paul but having, you know, purple moons and yellow fires and and, you know, lighting <laughs> for that stuff. And, and oh, my God. How well, the fun? lighting
0: was bonkers, but it kind of had to be because uh, the video games were
1: yeah, It was super, um, let me see, stylized, super fantastic, I don't know, whatever, you know, um, rich, super rich colors. Yeah. Super rich colors. And super thick gels. Oh, my God. Um First so that of all, it was
0: an example of something that's over the top that you were is. just allowed to go it is 110 percent into yeah. whatever you're doing, right. whatever you're doing, you right. know, double it to that's, make it that right. effective.
1: Yeah, and in those days, um,
0: what's what I love about the '90s.
1: I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and, and film. That's when you know we started to have 400 ASA film, and and um, you know when you light with those kind of well, whatever when you light with those kind of gels are super thick. So when you put light through them, like the lights aren't near as powerful, so it's kind of like, oh my God, you got to be you. You have to have a lot more light, and yeah. and I had never worked with well quite that amount of light ever actually than the first Mortal Kombat film. The Mask we used some serious gels as well, but but it was the lighting setups weren't as big, you know they're more contained, and uh, but that was fun. The not just the lighting, but um, you know shooting the action, uh, the fights, uh, in a very, there's a lot of very um, symmetrical, stoic, just, you know, shots, and then there's a lot of, like, very frenetic stuff as well, and it was kind of fun to learn how to, you know, shoot a, tell the story of a video game, the camera, and then have crazy fun with the lighting, definitely.
0: There's, like, one character, I don't even know his name, and he had, like, two arms on each side, and... Goro. 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 Was he like a puppet or a Muppet? He was. Is yeah, there was, special lighting for a Muppet?
1: Um, in the
0: in the cinematographer's handbook?
1: Is there special lighting? Um <laughs> There is special lighting. Yes, there is, actually. Because <laughs> he's
0: uh, got four arms. Yeah, he, he's flailing. Well, it's,
1: it's, but there's kind of like a, a baseline for, uh, for lighting <laughs> like uh, puppets or, you know, things that are supposed to be real but they're fake. <laughs> yeah. um, and that is you don't want to light them too flat. Too you want to oh, cross light yeah, them. Yeah. You want some <laughs> shadows, you know, yeah. all that. Um you want to be able to bury the wires or the whatever they're else. So digitally, you don't have to take away every, you know, yeah. erase everything or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but there was that. But we called it Goro time. That, that <laughs> thing was, that thing was like gnarly. I mean, it...
0: that's terrifying. It, it, that? Yeah.
1: But he also, you know, honest, honestly, he broke down a lot, and it was it was very frustrating. But, broke down
0: but, like what? His arms fell off? Or yeah. He was crying.
1: Yeah. Like he, you know, I mean, there's <laughs> there's like, you know, how many servo motors in that dude, and how many, you know. Puppeteers working him, and oh, man, you know it's it was kind of gnarly, but um <laughs> but it was cool, you know today that would be done digitally and even though on that movie we did the very first motion capture live motion capture, maybe in the history of the world on that movie, oh. where we put balls on a on um on goro and or was it on a guy we put you know on the they put you know half like uh well, what um, did he do was it like scorpion balls? like was he? Well, no, basically.
0: What was his function?
1: I want to say we did that. What
0: was his talent?
1: No, no, you know I'm wrong. I'm wrong about that. No, no worries. It wasn't, no, it wasn't Goro. It was uh, Mataro on the second Mortal Kombat that we did that. I got got mixed up. I'm sorry. That one I directed. I don't know if you know that.
0: Oh, I think
1: I did see that. Annihilation. I directed the second. Yes, yes,
0: I did. That was a whole
1: other experience in my career.
0: you were like, I love Mortal Kombat so much no, that I must craft.
1: No, the no, no, it wasn't that. I just it was that actually story. kind of a joke how I got to direct that movie. Okay. I know the truth. Go, go, go,
0: yeah. Well. Poker games. you win it in a poker games.
1: I don't know game? if I can tell this whole story um, <laughs> on the web or whatever. Oh,
0: on the web.
1: On anywhere. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, just for everybody to kind of know. Um
0: Well, it was well, what, what what year did you direct it? Uh, it
1: was 1996.
0: Anything that happened in the 90s, you're free to go. Free to go. Yeah, I've decided. Bottom
1: line is, I'll say this. Um, <laughs> they called me to shoot the second one because we had a great time on the first one. Yeah. And and I.
0: And they're um, like, you lit the Muppet amazing. You got to come in. We did okay. Let's do this. We
1: did okay. We had a great time. We went to Thailand, which was insane, the south oh, of Thailand. Nice. I mean, most beautiful beaches in the world, blah, blah, blah. Um, and got to. Create seriously cool images, these great temples in Ayutthaya, north of Bangkok, blah, 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 in the first one. Yeah. And then the second one, when they called me to shoot the second one, I, huh. um, the, the producer's assistant, who I knew from the first one, very nice person, um, said, John, are you interested in shooting the second movie? And I go, I'd be honored. I said, but I think I'd rather direct it. And, and this just popped out of my head. I mean, this was like, I had no idea they were calling me. I wasn't trying to become a director in my career. It was. It just it, made sense. It, it, well, I had, I had worked with some other people that I saw directing, and they was like, gosh, if those people can do that, I know I can do that shit. No, <laughs> nice. no. I mean, I hate to say it, but. It, oh, you didn't
0: it, mention anybody's name.
1: Well, you know, anyway. Sorry, no anyway, no. I, and it, it's, it's not about that. But the point is, it was more. It just popped out. And it, three Whoa. weeks later, I was directing a $35 million movie. Two years Careful of my
0: what
1: life. you wish for. Oh yeah, exactly.
0: That's badass.
1: Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, we worked. We were on four continents. Thousand people worked on the film. Um, uh, we were in uh, America prepping. Had an American crew, British crew, Jordanian crew, and Israeli crew in Jordan, in Petra. First time in the history of the world that the Israelis and the um, Jordanians worked on a movie crew ever even worked together. Oh wow! It was awesome.
0: And for a good cause, Mortal Kombat. If
1: you can see that my nose is yeah, kind of running, but it's all good. Anyway.
0: See, you're getting emotional about Mortal Kombat, I know. That's it. You're That's like, it. Oh,
1: That's it, totally.
0: The best experience of my life. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs>
1: that, that was a whole other experience in, in my career, the whole Mortal Kombat directing thing. But uh, No, no worries. But uh, Well,
0: along the same line of yeah. crazy characters, you know, The Mask, hmm. another one of my favorites.
1: One of the funnest Crazy, movies you could ever work on. Rubber face
0: comedian Jim yeah. Carrey and, and Cameron. Yeah.
1: She was amazing. He yeah. was amazing. Um, it was cool. It was a, that was just really 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 fun experience. It was hard hard work. Fifteen hour days every day. We had, I think we had a forty two day shooting schedule. and We had forty one second meals, which means you're into fifteen hours every day. Yeah. And um, after that, I would go into gym. Carrie's trailer with he and Cameron and a couple other folks and hang out and and bullshit every every almost every night after work.
0: You're gonna let it out.
1: Yeah, think and I'm still married. My lovely wife Kimbo Kim. I thought <laughs> she was gonna divorce me on that movie because I was like never home and I wouldn't have blamed her. But um, but but uh, it was just it, it was crazy to watch the Jim Carrey show after he, you know working with him for 15 hours. It was great. It was crazy actually. Interesting.
0: There's. You know, and there's some, there's some crazy, you know, VFX elements and, you know, the Coco Bongo Club is just yeah. insane. and It was great. Visually. The, sta- the stage is all lit up there. Like, did so you help fun. with. So fun. It's all. I, just, I was my. Actually. Was it all just light bulbs? Well, like what it was. It's so funny you
1: remember that. There was a movie before 90s. that. Um, that's right. This really <laughs> cool. No, but there was a movie before it. It was like a period picture, a dancing movie. Okay. Now, here we go. What was it called? Was it. Kind of a small, I want to say it was maybe an Australian independent film that I had seen. That, pardon.
0: Strictly Ballroom. That's it.
1: Thank <laughs> you. I'm the worst to remember the name. Strictly Ballroom. And that's they it? used, they had. That was it, dude. Thanks for like pulling it out. Um, they had in one scene, they had some lights in the stage, and when they were doing some ballroom dancing, I went, "Wow, that's so cool!" And so I kind of analyzed it. And I thought, well, you know what? When I saw the Koko Bongo, and I knew, I was, you know, I was analyzing the number, and you know that she was going to do, and and then she, you know, would touch a stair, it would light, it would light up, up, and you know, she
0: comes down all slinky. And, and so yeah,
1: I totally came up with that whole deal of putting those bulbs in there. And then, and then I thought, well, you know, it'd be kind of fun. Maybe what if we use a star filter, which is kind of a little bit like diffusion, which it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and wouldn't it be cool when they hit those things? It goes, Bing, 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 as she's coming down, you know, and have a nice little kind of crane shot with that and yeah. kind of worked, worked
0: out oh yeah that's like the most exciting thing just
1: fun it was um, super fun
0: and it looked great and he looked awesome and there's another scene when he finds the mask for the first time yep. and he's in the water and uh, there's like a bridge and there's like yep. really no lights except for the cop spotlight down and he's like I'm just looking for my mask and is that in studio or is that no, it was using that, that was where? in in
1: um, um, San Pedro, Long Beach. Yeah. San Pedro, I want to say out in the this this bridge out there, it, it was like practical location. Oh wow. Yeah. And um, yeah yeah. Well.
0: It, did you just have a spotlight, or what did you?
1: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Um, mm-hmm. We actually used probably used a I want to say we used a xenon, a small xenon at the time for the, for the cops' light.
0: Yeah.
1: And then their flashlights were probably I, don't know, I can't even remember now be honest it was one or two years ago i really don't remember but i will say that i do remember on the bridge if you remember it was seriously it was cobalt It was called congo blue was the gel it was that that was the, you know this bizarre super saturated gel and matter of fact after that I went on like to, when he
0: gets out of the car and it's yeah, all, when he gets out of the yeah. car and
1: it's like he's all bummed out. Remember, remember yeah, that part? And yeah, Before he 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 looks over the rail, he's all bummed out, and then he sees it and he runs down. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the deal. If I kind of remember. Yeah. That was like, like seriously use the use of Congo blue, and after that, when I did Tales from, um, or, I want to say that yeah, was before that. Basically, it was on Tales. It was before that. Kind of get my shit together here. Before <laughs> that, on, on Tales from the Crypt, where I became a DP. They were kind of, you know, open to trying anything. And so that's where I learned about Congo Blue. And after the Mass, they called me John Congo Blue uh, Leonetti. Ooh. Because as a joke,
0: basically. You should change your IMDB. Basically,
1: to John Congo Blue Leonetti. <laughs> well, it might hurt me now. Um, maybe. <laughs>
0: Or maybe just your email address.
1: Yeah, me, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice. John Congo blue, li- blue at gmail.com. That would be kind of cool. Nope. Ooh. No, we're just kidding. Are
0: People are going to email right. you now. <laughs> your license
1: plate. Oh my God. Anyway, that's, no, that's, you know, but it's interesting though. In those days, it was kind of cool to do that. And like, kind of now, like, the last thing you want to do is like put serious blue on a pipe on a for moonlight because it's like not natural. And it's interesting, you know, how photographically things work and change and well i mean the mask wasn't what?
0: based completely in reality exactly sure. very campy sure. and almost like comic book sure. right, sure. looking so you could kind of take those liberties and no you're right push it.
1: and we did yeah. and but interestingly enough seriously uh, on the mask as well uh, not only do we have these seriously saturated colors but we use very sourcey soft what i called at the time european lighting when we were doing when it, when it wasn't crazy when he was just Stanley Ipkiss and you know, and he was trying to, he was falling in love with Cameron or we, we were at the bank or whatever, you yeah, know? And yeah. then it was actually, I think kind of pretty, just natural, very natural, you know, yep. soft, sourcey light. And then it got crazy, like it, like I say.
0: Well, yeah, every time the story was gonna take the turn.
1: And you go deep. The mood, it would turn with it, so yeah. yeah.
0: I gotcha, I gotcha. Um, Let me see, another one. Yeah. We should probably me, do the intro before the light changes too, right? Oh, let's, yeah. Do you want, should we do that now? Because I was going to say, what? like, because the thing intro? is, I, d- I usually do the intro at the end, but that's when we're inside and the lights, it doesn't matter, we can cut it together. Okay. But now that the sure. lights are once gone, we should sure. probably do the intro. I'm okay. like, so let's pretend we just met. Yeah. Oh, hey. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome back to Craft Truck. Uh, behind the lens. I am here with... Through the lens. Through the lens. <laughs> well, he's behind it, too. <laughs> <I wish. laughs>
1: <laughs> for a change, actually. <laughs>
0: Through the lens. Through sorry. the
1: lens. No worries.
0: Craft <sighs> Truck has a lot of series that we work on. So behind the... And the welcome back to Craft Truck Through the Lens. I'm here with John Leonetti. Uh, we're on location in San Clemente huh. in his beautiful home. Thanks for being with us.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> You're very welcome. Thanks for being here.
0: <laughs> all right. Now I'm going to do the mask log line. We're all over the place. For the one person that's been, uh, you know, hiding underground for the past 20 years, uh, the mask is a story with Jim Carrey. Um, Stanley Ipkiss is a a banker with no self confidence, and he finds a mask floating in the water. And when he puts it on, he turns into this um, crazy, lovesick fool, top of the, so much confidence and like. Kind of really, really hyper too, and you can barely keep your eyes on him. It's, it's awesome. And uh, Cameron Diaz as well plays the, the slinky love interest. And, um, awesome film. I feel like I'm probably talking to the one person that hasn't seen it, but there's probably not even that one. <laughs> um, Fun
1: movie. Oh yeah, for sure, Definitely. for sure.
0: Um, what else do I have? Yeah. Okay, so you've also had your share of comedy. That you've worked on few um yeah hot shots part de uh, yeah. amazing again fun movie um and spy hard and joe dirt so i kind of those yep. kind of stuck out to me yep. um as you know really fun um
1: fun period of, comedies yeah <laughs>
0: definitely do you have any fun stories
1: on, on any of those stories? um gosh um fun stories
0: or any enjoyable wow. moments.
1: Wow. Wow. I mean, each one of them had their own Give me own. the dirt. I just want the dirt. The, the dirt. dirt. How about the Joe Dirt? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually just working with David Spade is kind of a trip. Um, definitely. Um, and Christopher Walken, Walken. Oh my god. <laughs> you know, what do they a,
0: just improv the whole time or do they actually stick with a script? Kind of.
1: Script? Kind of. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Um I don't know. Uh, Joe Dirt was just uh, as as um, down home. I mean, my mom uh, was from Oklahoma, yep. and I'm a city boy from LA. And so, you know the, you know the sort of satire on you know being kind of a, a hick, actually.
0: Country bumpkin. Country
1: bumpkin. Yeah. Uh, was I kind of appreciated the heck out of it actually. I mean, I, I, um, I'm kind of half hick myself. So, uh, and I'm half city boy. So anyway. Um, I don't know if I have any really just amazing stories from that. Oh, um, that's that's mean, a story I stories. I mean, some that maybe I, I have a story that I probably can't tell right now. But, <laughs> um, but this guy um,
0: full of secrets.
1: But uh, I don't know. Um, maybe uh, Hot Shots Part do? Yep. Uh, you know that was just that was kind of a big movie for me, and yeah. and it was interesting getting into the head of uh, Jim Abrams, who um, was. Uh, uh, the director on that and you know the, he and the zucker brothers they had their own sort of um, sort of i don't want to just say style but almost a formula of comedy and they would always just say set the frame and don't frame it for where the funny shit's going to happen just kind of let it happen in the background or off to the side oh, yeah. and it makes it funnier yeah and that's true if you think the, about it
0: the, the subliminal
1: it's true and, yeah, and, and um, I mean, there's a lot of really kind of just goofy things that, that are in the movie, funny things, but um, technically it was actually kind of a challenging movie to do, you know. Um, I don't know if you remember, there was a scene where, I want to say, um, Sheen. what's his name? Not Charlie Sheen. Um, pardon? Carrie Elway. no. No, it wasn't Carrie Elway's. Remember when they were maybe it was when they were doing that like they, that sword fighting scene on the stairway? I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember it because I had to do this gag, where they're both fighting, and then he loses his sword, but then the shadows of the of the swords are still on the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, and it was keep like, going. Yeah, 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 and then they're in the picture. And you have to figure out how to do this shit. And it was so cool. It was so fun to like figure out and kind of you know make happen but anyway shadow puppet situation yeah it's kind of like a sword shadow puppet situation but but um you know what it was just a great great experience in terms of you know working on kind of a studio picture that didn't take itself seriously but but you know it was a serious movie you know to like be a young cinematographer on well
0: i feel like well comedy's kind of the hardest to portray it is because it's so relative to the viewer and so even though it looks like fun and games you have to have all the elements in line and the proper timing and everything so
1: yeah absolutely but they're unique their kind of humor is unique you know spy hard is one thing um that's just super goofy i mean that's just super (laughs) super stupid yeah super stupid it was fun though i mean working with those comedians um you know, and the, the, quite a few different comedians in that movie was was, was fun. I mean, I, unfortunately, I just don't have that much recollection of those. Are so many years no, ago. No, worries. To be honest, be, I'm
0: just throwing a you. Um, what about Detroit Rock City?
1: Awesome experience. Awesome. I feel
0: talent. like you just would have had a blast doing that. It
1: was great. That that movie, as a comedy, was like. You know, it's kind of a re, kind of a more realistic comedy. Kind of a.
0: I feel like we can all relate to that. I can too. Being super stoked about something.
1: I remember that one. I remember everything about that one.
0: Yeah, being super stoked about a band and not really caring what you have to do to go see them, and I have gone through that myself, and I'm sure you well,
1: have, too. You being into music. You know, um, yeah. I mean, these four kids, these four guys, would do anything to get to this, this fucking Kiss concert, and, and, it was. It was awesome. I mean, the director, Adam Rifkin, um, what a cool guy. What a kind of um, offbeat kind of dude with great ideas, understood the camera, understood how to move the camera and how to have fun with the camera, and and then I kind of would help him with it. But one of the coolest stories about that movie is, in my opinion, um, once all the... The four guys got together. They finally got in the car to drive yeah. to Detroit yeah. to, you know, to, like, hit the concert. They got the tickets. Um, he said, "Jonathan, I want to do this shot. And, and they just left, this, you know, this, this, I don't know, the, the bishop at the seminary where they, they, they took the kid, one of the kids, um, um, out. Got him out. It was Jimmy, I think, out of, the, out of uh, the, you know, uh, reform school or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Boarding school there. And they just gave uh, a mushroom pizza to the priest, and he's like totally (laughs) tripping out. it. And and they run down, they get in the car, and then they're on the road, and they want to, and they light a a joint, and they light a joint. And and Adam goes, John, I just want to, I just want to have the camera in the car, and I want them to pass the joint around, and I want to follow the ca- the the joint around three hundred and sixty degrees. Is they you know the oh, passing? Oh, I know what
0: shot you're talking about. It's, an it's awesome like there's shot. four of them, and yeah. the camera's right in the middle. It's exactly. Right. And it's this seamless exactly right. circle, from, exactly. as if someone was sitting All right. All in one shot.
1: All in one shot. It was so fun. Console. And that is like you know that's kind of cool. And it, it's actually again it's another kind of like um, example of how to kind of mix the technical bullshit with the. Uh, with the artistic bullshit, if you want to, want you know what I mean. Camera sort of.
0: motivation. Camera
1: motive. Yeah, and, and how to pull it off. It's like you know, director comes up with an idea like this. You go, uh, can you do it? Uh, uh-uh. uh, sure.
0: And then it's like, okay, Paolo, how can we make this? Yeah, it yeah and, and you like, know, what do we you do next?
1: and he did ask me, can you do it? I said, you know, I think there's a way. I said, I don't know how to answer it right at this moment. And and what we did was, and it and I, it worked great. And they had this new film at the time. Um, it was um, it was um, two hundred and fifty ASA it was 52.93, and and it was it was it was film that had the, the the best contrast range so the bottom bottom line is you you know you run a camera 360 degrees around the inside of a car and everybody you can't tow it they have to drive the car down the road yeah you can't light it you can't put lights outside the windows so you have to create balance you and you don't want it like everything outside the window blown out because you don't want to feel like they're Not really going down the road, you know, and and so and then you got to put the camera in there and you got to rotate it 360 degrees while they're passing the joint around. So how the hell do you do it?
0: Lots going on, Um, a rig of some sort. It was a rig. Turntable.
1: Yeah, an upside down turntable. You're right, girl. I just made it it. up. I don't know. You got it. You got it. Basically, what we did is we took a snorkel and we, we, you know, we got a car that had a a. uh, a sunroof in it. It was a, you know, like 70 Volvos, you know, sedan. Oh,
0: like a periscope.
1: Yeah, like a periscope. An, an, up, an upside right down, down periscope. periscope. No, it
0: is the right right no. side down periscope. Well,
1: for a, yeah, for a snorkel lens, a lot of All my those,
0: submarine experience tells Kind me. of. Well,
1: some periscope, <laughs> submarine periscopes kind of went up, but anyway, okay, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, right. um, we did that and we put it on, on the rack. <laughs> we, you know, took speed rail and put a, a remote head and a 16 millimeter lens on the snorkel and then we followed it with a period van with a radio controlled remote head and and so you could see us in a period van but it didn't matter we were you know half a mile behind or a third of a mile behind and uh and i actually even took the time to like find this bitchin tree line road so it would break up the sky a little bit so light would be coming in and Kind of looks like late afternoon, And it would, yeah, so like and it would golden balance, time. it was beautiful, it was actually like, it was gorgeous. Perfect time
0: of day to smoke a joint, in mm-hmm. my opinion.
1: Exactly. And um, no all, I can, all I can say is, I'm, I'm in. I'm in. Sounds, <laughs> sounds great. but um,
0: Kind of like now. Really. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute. <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. Um.
1: <laughs> and, then, and then anyway, we, uh, we did it. And it worked. And it, it looks great. And it was, you know what, the cool thing about it, bottom line, is it had um, the energy That the kids had when they were passing the joint. They were so excited. They're having a good time. They're just like their mouths
0: are open and their eyes are like, ah.
1: And, yeah, and the lens, the choice of the lens, everything about it was like kind of perfect. Mm -hmm. And
0: it worked. And it's one of those shots that kind of always stays with you as a challenge that was presented. Big time. You don't know how it's going to turn out. And the best possible elements come together and to get you, you know, maybe beyond your expectations of what the shot could be.
1: This is true. That was one of the, the cool fun ones. Magic
0: the magic. Yeah. Exactly. I like that. Yeah, it was cool. There's another part where they're, you know, it's, all the cars are backed up and they see the KISS sign uh, ahead and it's like K-I-S-S and it's all lighting up in different ways. And it looks like there's like steam coming out of somewhere or I don't know if it's smoke. Is it just people smoking joints or whatever and they're looking, it's this long shot and they're looking down uh, all the traffic. Well, I know exactly what
1: you're talking about. That was... That was actually uh, really fun to do. Because
0: um, it was we, dark, but you could still see this. Well, like, what we did was we took crying.
1: them. I actually got this idea from my brother when he did a movie. I want to say it was, um, I don't know if it was another 48 hours or Red Heat, a Walter Hill film that we did in downtown LA. And he took, pardon me, uh, one of those huge, uh, what they call ballyhoo lights. You know when they have like a grand opening and all those lights that shoot up into the sky? Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, in, in those days, I want to say it was an arc. It was an arc, okay. big ass thing, you know. And he, he instead of shooting it into the sky, he ripped it down like First Street or down Main Street or whatever it was in in uh, one Bunker Hill. That's what it was in downtown LA. Yeah. And he would shoot blocks, and it would make a just a hot light that would rip all the way down the street. I, and I. It was. It worked with him once when he did that, so I thought well, that'd be kind of cool to do for this. So basically, mm. it was a, it was kind of a similar situation of that which we got, and then, but because it was so specific, that light, it didn't hit everything. It just edged a whole bunch of things. So in the, the smoke, just really kind of
0: so like some of the popped. rooftops, and then some of the people yeah. that were walking by, and yeah. oh, okay, so it's like a horizontal light,
1: yeah, beam. A horizontal, low horizontal ripping light.
0: <laughs> it was ripping.
1: Exactly. <laughs>
0: Um, I've never asked this before, but what's, what was your favorite movie that you ever, that you ever worked on, regardless wow. of what your position was? What, what kind of comes to mind?
1: Wow. I mean, regardless of my position, that, that's yeah. even, even even better. Um, gosh.
0: Maybe top two or something.
1: I would have to say... Um, wow.
0: It's not going to be written on. Instagram.
1: Okay, The, uh, the Mask... Soul Surfer, yeah. And um, I mean, as a being a focus puller on the original Poltergeist, that was pretty fun. That, I mean, that just stands out a lot because it it was very intense, and I learned a lot from that. Um, but I have to say, there's another movie I did which you don't even probably know about on my resume, but it was with probably maybe the best one of the not the best, but one of the very best directors I've ever worked with, John Frankenheimer, and it was an HBO film. Okay. It was called um, Against the Wall. It was about the prison riots in Attica in 1971. It was a docudrama. Okay. And um, what an amazing movie. What an amazing cast. And what an amazing, like, experience to go through. And, like, the real dude, Michael, who was shot six times. He was a guard, prison guard, who was shot six times and survived. He was, like, our TA on the set. And he and I became friends. And that was kind of special, too. And it was, like, photographically, it's some of my best work ever. So, anyway, but it's an HBO film that only, you know, Johnny got an Emmy for it. We did another one where we got, we got the Golden Globe for, for that one as well, called The Brewing Season, about saving the rainforest. But anyway, um, that was a whole other part of my career, which I really love. Yeah. Very much love. But another movie that I have to say is because there's not just one, is The Conjuring, which is coming out. And that movie was such an amazing experience. Um,
0: Do you know what? Like, when it, is it coming out this year?
1: I think it's July, like, twenty. Okay, so 7th or something. It, okay. They actually, it was, it's, apparently they believe in it so much, they gave us, you know, Batman is an opening this year, but Warner Brothers gave us a $20 million movie, what would be the slot that Batman would normally open in the summer, because they believe in it that much, and we're up against all these huge, like, you know, huge budget movies, and we're just this little $19 million, um, scary fucking movie.
0: Oh, well, sorry?
1: What's it about? It's... Good question. Hey,
0: what's it about?
1: Hey, what's it about? It's about? It's a boot. It's no, a boot. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I did I'm just on, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding.
0: You know I'm sensitive. Just
1: um, About my
0: Canadian accent.
1: No, it's all good. It, it's um, it's about... Hey,
0: what's it about, eh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, it's about uh, the Warrens, Lorraine and Ed Warren, who are the two uh, premier uh, paranormal investigators um, of maybe of, ever... Um, but in the early '70s, they they investigated like I don't know, 3,000 cases, including the real Amityville story. Oh wow! Okay, they were Damn. the ones that, that that you know went over that and and um, investigated it. And, and Lorraine Warren um, is a um, is a uh, uh, she's a clairvoyant basically, or was a clairvoyant, and she's actually alive. She still is. And her her husband Ed, who has passed since. Um, was, gonna, was almost a priest but um, he was kind of like the religious kind of part of it and he literally performed the exorcism in, in The Conjuring which is w- one of their 3,000 cases and literally um, anybody who lived in and around this house over time until this exorcism happened uh, people died year after year time after time, I mean crazy it, it's, in, in reality it's just kind of bizarre that anybody would even really like believe that but I'm just saying Uh. Um, the real family um, who lived in the house who are now like my age and older you know from the 70s Um, they were on our set and Lorraine came on our set and it's it's really um, Vera Firminga plays um, 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 Lorraine Warren Patrick Wilson plays uh, Ed Warren and um, Lily uh, Taylor plays uh, the mom is in the haunted house and anyway there's and there's all these kids as well, and they're all. It, it, it's, so it's
0: a reenactment of what these paranormal paranormal investigators.
1: Yeah, it's, a, um, it's, looked it's
0: into it's, back in the seventies.
1: Exactly, Ooh, and and scary. it's um, it's, it is awesome. It is, bone chilling.
0: <gasps> but you can't tell us what they what they found, not yet.
1: Well, no, you just got to see it. I mean, yeah. it, it's and it's not. It's all you know. It's all very psychological. There's yeah. you know, not a drop of blood in the movie. It's not about that at all. It's it's just creepy as
0: hell oh nice it's
1: cool very
0: nice and yeah, it.
1: photographically story. um it's it was so fun to do yeah you know it's one of these movies where we, we built a 6,000 square foot far, you know turn of the century farmhouse on stage from nothing oh great we we found a location in Wilmington North Carolina on the Black River and we you know shot the backings all the way around and and put those outside the windows and then we shot in the real location and we saw those same images through the windows I mean it's it's awesome
0: that's cool so if you if you have you had control over the entire set and how it was totally
1: total control and Mm -hmm. it's 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 just it was just really fun and james our director james Wan, uh kicked the shit out of that one as well and to be able to be a part of that you know with our family team that works with and for him um we had a great time
0: oh man i can't wait for that that's That's cool exciting i like being scared yeah. Well, there's
1: a tr- there's a little teaser just coming out right now in the theaters, and it's it's just and what's really cool about it, it's literally just basically one scene. It's not a bunch of quick cuts. It's literally yeah. like one scene, which is rarely done ever in, as a trailer for a movie. Yeah. And the, the actual trailer trailer, which is like I don't know, maybe that's two minutes long, is pretty scary. It's pretty scary.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, it's I'm fun. gonna be there opening night. That's for yeah. sure. I don't know. Something about scary films just. Gets your blood pumping.
1: No, that's true. Gets your pulse racing. Uh, they're fun to shoot too, you know. It was fun. Yeah,
0: nice, nice. Um, we see. What else do I have? Do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about? Oh, child's play uh, on here, uh, and I've got uh, Scorpion King too. Oh uh, yes. Anything from those or? Is Gosh. Oh yeah. Show? Well,
1: actually, they're they're. Uh, child's play. That little fucker, Chucky. Um,
0: I can't even watch that shit. Like that thing's terrifying I mean <laughs> like what has he been like burned and decapitated and like buried and whatever and he's still coming back like what the F
1: he's um he's a hell of a character <laughs> uh, he I'll never forget we were um it, actually first of all it's really kind of cool um to so see. child's
0: play is about a scary doll that comes to life and tries to kill everyone and he's kind yeah. of a pervert too which is like extra strange um, yes, and yeah. did you work on it? Was child's play two, three, three? Yeah.
1: okay, yeah. And uh, but this was really specifically this one <laughs> kind of cool day when we were like, you know, there's like five puppeteers hooked up to him, and they're always hooked up to him. And you know, and and I asked him, Could I like, you know, use Chucky as his own stand because it's kind of hard to get someone that's that small over lighting, and Chucky anyway, he has
0: his own stand
1: in, yeah, because oh. you know, because you gotta, it's like an actor, you gotta light him, and and so uh, um. Hey, guys. Um, so uh, I was... Um,
0: E-True Hollywood story, you know, the
1: usual. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh. So I said, Chucky, would you... You know, because you're, you're talk- when you talk to Chucky, you're talking to, you know, six puppeteers. But I'm talking to him like he's a standing or an actor. And I go, yeah. Chucky, would you mind turning your head this way? And he just goes like this. Oh, yeah. He just flipped me off. It was awesome. I'll never forget that. To see this little, that little fucker flip me off. <laughs> while I'm lighting on it was kind of classic. Anyway sorry.
0: I love it. True story. So yeah yeah so you weren't kidding about lighting puppets kind of.
1: Yeah I've done a bit of that actually. We did I did Bones on Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Um, you know the the, the Crypt Keeper. I don't know if you guys yep. ever yep. Re- Tales remember Tales from the Crypt. Um, sure. I, I actually helped start that series um, oh. in the beginning. Helped us really start you know kick that series off and it was my debut as a cinematographer being paid and that's where I got my first break as a cinematographer and what an awesome you know stepping stone and yeah. and and sort of venue to test your your abilities um but uh, bones I call him the Crypt keeper um, puppeteers again, and you know there's a whole you know kind of a whole thing when you work with that and deal with that and it's kind of fun actually so i had my I've had that bit of experience in one chapter of the book of my shooting career.
0: I bet puppets are easier to deal with than some actors sometimes, so
1: Yeah. Except for the ones true. that flip you off. Well this is true. <laughs> this is true. Nice. This is true. Uh, what about
0: what about the Scorpion King? That was kind of That was a great too. Great that was experience the rock's too. like first big elevation yeah. to film the film work yes. from from
1: yes. WWF or whatever. And he's uh he's a great dude. He's a great guy, first of all. Yeah. Good soul really good soul and um, that was the biggest movie I've ever shot like a hundred million dollars or whatever and, and and I hate to say this or I don't hate to say it but I have to say it it's probably the easiest film I've ever shot okay. I mean because you had like any you have all everything you need in all the time you need and it's like it was almost too is too easy and it's it, it, and I honestly think there was too much money wasted on that movie like for all these independent films I've done since as well that I think we could have made probably five or ten of them for what was wasted, you know, on that in a way. I'm not, you know, for whatever that's worth, but that's just kind of an aside. Well,
0: and you have that perspective now that you've kind of worked all across the spectrum. This is
1: true. I've yeah. done everything from a million to a hundred million. Yeah. And a studio, you know, independent, whatever, and I, I love it all, actually, and, and I really, I loved, I loved working with Chuck Russell, the director, I did the Mask and That and That movie with him, and he's a very visual guy as well, and, and working with the Rock was great, and, and having those big bitchin' sets to light, oh my god, how much fun is that, and ha- you know, in, in, in Sodom in Gomorrah in 3000 BC, you know, there's, like, no electricity, so everything's like, flickering or not necessarily, not necessarily flickering light but it's all firelight or oil lamps or whatever so it's a whole to other try to
0: emulate that. Yeah, yeah
1: and, and it's oh yeah way. how much fun i mean without getting into the details of that it was so fun to do that and i would love to do that something like that again actually um can, ma- can
0: you do the description of that one i haven't seen it in a while
1: scorpion for king
0: the, for the three people well that he that's scorpion the prequel
1: king. to the mummy and I'm not the best at explaining that part of it. Oh yeah, okay? I
0: totally was. Basically. Okay, I remember now.
1: And and um, he uh, he um, oh god, you got me on the whole so what, like, the whole thing. Um, oh, um, <laughs> like
0: people in the desert in 3000 well, BC. Well, yeah, I mean, it it's it's basically the world was just all desert. It
1: was BC. it was it was I know Memnon was like the bad dude. You know he Memnon's lair. He was like the bad king dude and and. It was all about... Was he a scorpion, too, yet? About, or I'm sorry? Was he... The no, sp- no, no. The he was just, just the bad dude that was, was uh, kind of running... Oppressing uh, the people. Gomorrah, okay. I want to say. Yeah. And, um, and then... Um, 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 what's her name? Um, what's her name? I shouldn't even say that. Um, Kelly Hugh was the princess. Yeah. Beautiful, wonderful lady. She uh, was kind of captive of the dude. And, you know, basically the rock has to kind of save her and take her... To, I don't know, you know, out in the desert, they have this great track. And and actually, that is a great movie to do as for, you know, as a cinematographer, to have those great studio sets to shoot and light and then to be out in the desert and to to do that. And that whole movie was shot in California, Oh whole movie in California, which is really cool. Hmm. Uh, We use the the desert down in Klamath, which is near the Mexico, Arizona, California borders right down there. Incredible dunes and desert down there i mean most people don't know it except for those that are into like you know dune buggies and shit and yep anyway but um very fun
0: so to be able to light you know the desert scenes with the stuff that's in the set is there i mean is well, that you know kind of difficult to make sure that it's seamless and that people um, aren't aware of when it changes from the set to the actual desert
1: yes actually well well part of it that's that we built like a 200 foot long wall it was about 40 feet high and then we did digital extension of that yep. for, you know, the rest of the uh, Gamora yep. Castle or whatever it was. Yep. Um, so there was that, yeah. But we had a lot of practical stuff to shoot with with that. Um, and then, actually, the cool thing about shooting out in the desert is you just, you just shoot to the sun. And the movement of the sun and you schedule your day around what it does. Yeah. And yeah. Usually it's pretty clear out there, yep. so you can have sun to, like, you know, kind of usually count on and rarely do you did i ever even use a light out there at all so i'm just (coughs) yeah Yeah, no worries could change batteries i mean uh (coughs) cards roll out (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no worries
0: so you shot a series called the river in hawaii and that was broadcast last year i believe yeah
1: um shot the pilot in puerto rico okay and then i did seven more episodes in hawaii did not get picked up after that um I didn't think it would, even though I thought it was cool. Um, I
0: haven't seen the, the show. Can you tell me what it's about?
1: It's um, Yeah, it's all found footage. Found footage. Oh. Every bit of it's found footage supposedly. And it's about this guy who is kind of like a land and water based version of Jacques Cousteau, but not below the water, but above. Okay. And this guy is kind of a nature dude. And he had a show in the 70s and has for many years or maybe late 70s, early 80s. And anyway, he gets lost and he and his whole family who was always with him as as um, as he would produce these things. And, you know, were and his wife actually was a producer in it as well. And they're all wondering what happened to him. And it opens with his, you know, his son giving a eulogy because he just they think he's died. They've given up on him. And then he goes to a bar and then. And all this is being um, videoed, taped uh, by some documentary cameras at this point. And these cameras then follow with the mother and and another producer who was always on the show um, into this bar where his son afterwards is just drinking and kind of bummed. And and they go in, they go, he says, you know, get the fuck out of here. Leave me alone, you know, and they go, well... We found your father's beeper. It, he's actually, we think he's alive. So then they go down to the Amazon and try and find him. And there's all this weird shit that goes on with it.
0: I'm a liar. I have seen this. I just forgot what it was called. A- it? was crazy. Mm-hmm. And so there's, I think, so the film crew sets up, like, security cameras around the boat. You got it. And then they're trying to find him. And then there's just, like, quasi-paranormal slash... Right. Like spooky yep. shaman stuff going on. This is true. were there like crazy dolls in the middle of the forest? There were. And they're like, we're going to stay here. And then they're like, there's Episode really scary two. dolls. Episode Let's get two. the hell out of here. Yeah. yeah. That, was, so, that yeah. was...
1: That was... Uh, it
0: was like thrilling.
1: It really is. Like super thriller. thrilling. But it's... a network television was not ready for that. No. A cable show, tel- you know, network, maybe. Right. But not, I don't think ABC or whatever. It was too... Intense, too out there. I, it's it's it's. I don't know. I didn't. Even though I thought it was cool, yeah, which it was. Um, which is maybe too intense. And and it was great for me though because it was like a um, kind of a a great experiment in messing with digital imaging. And um, we had sixteen cameras on the truck with two camera crews, wow. seven different formats of cameras, seven different kinds of cameras. And we were having actors operating cameras. You know, it was... They were the documentary cameramen in the show. Yep. And um,
0: So kind of a logistical nightmare that you had to make work.
1: Oh, all that shit. We yeah. have sometimes 11 monitors for the director to watch. And at one time, which is insane. <laughs> totally insane. I mean, who can watch 11 monitors at one time? Nobody. And, of course, you know, you can't blame him. Come on, I want more cameras. Well, okay, but yeah. is that really... What we should be doing, but anyway, that's a whole other deal. But Um, it all
0: came together. I thought it was great. I think I saw the first three episodes. It was was was...
1: cool. I mean, I think it was cool. Um, And we would have like three, four, five, six mounted cameras, which we'd use, five Ds, seventies, GoPros, SI two Ks. I also had um, uh, I would mount Vixias, which are these little, um, you know, consumer video cameras, basically. Um, we had thermal imaging cameras, you know, night vision, I mean, um, all this shit. And, uh,
0: kind of crazy. Anything a river rescue vessel could possibly need.
1: This is true. We even put a GoPro on a remote helicopter that the actor literally held in his hand, let go, and caught again all in one shot. It's kind of cool. That's awesome. Imagine that. (laughs) Kind of neat. Nuts.
0: You like the challenge. Oh, yeah. Mr. Leonetti.
1: Hmm.
0: You like the challenge. I can tell. I can tell. Um, the reason I can tell, um, is because you worked on Piranha. Oh. And no one would sign on with that unless you're a thrill seeker.
1: How much fun was that? Talk about
0: logistical craziness.
1: That was awesome. I mean, That was so fun. Okay,
0: wait. So, like, how did they spin this to you? Like, how did you... When they are first like, here's what we're going to do. Like, did it sound crazy?
1: Um... Yes and no. That's a little VW bug. Oh,
0: really? So
1: cute. Yeah, there's quite a few around here. There's actually the big ones too, the vans, the old ones from yeah. I mean you you need to like go to Sano San Onofre is a great surf spot down here. It's like hasn't changed since the early seventies and it's it's amazing. But anyway
0: There's hippies hiding all in these hills over here. And It's
1: fantastic. <laughs> um, but uh, um, you know, piranha was actually a really interesting photographic um Experience actually, you know, it was Prana three D. Yeah, uh, we did conversion. We we were gonna uh, capture, I mean, you know, two camera capture, but we realized, and I mean, I kind of immediately figured out and realized that it would almost be impossible to do it efficiently and actually correctly, even especially with the the um, the budget and the schedule we had because. To capture two cameras on the water day in day out, um, you can't even you, know, you can't even use the polar screen, or you couldn't then on yeah. a on a twin epic system or whatever because, you know, just if one polar is different than the other, then they don't line up and it's a whole anyway I can go on and on and on. But we yeah. ended up deciding Converges to capture right and and the director really wanted Alex Aja, who is. An amazingly wonderful director and a cool dude and he's French and he gets it And his sensitivity to that movie in my opinion made it so cool for American audiences I mean he went there he went deep and he didn't give a shit and (laughs) he just hoped America could handle it and it was cool I thought but um, but uh, you know photographically it was fun to do and it was He wanted to do an anamorphic and we did it anamorphic and and then they converted it and we shot that on the film uh, as well Um, like soul surfer um, again, in, in those days, digital cameras couldn't handle the contrast range of the sun, the highlights in the clouds, the shadows. at One time, and and film does, did, yeah. still does. Um, now that Alexa does, but didn't now, didn't have one then. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, but how much fun we're <laughs> on Lake Havasu? I mean, sunrise to sunset. How many days in a row? And. Spring break and all the crazy shit that was going on. And <laughs> all I can tell you is my crew had a great time.
0: <laughs> Use your imagination, people. Excellent. Exactly. Well I mean like there was just, you know, boobs and blood, which is, you know, always a recipe for success.
1: Exactly. The glass bottom boat with the naked chicks
0: underneath and oh my god oh yeah that must have been
1: hard to light oh my god what a job for you actually that was that was it was super fun to do but that's that's an interesting challenge it was was an interesting lighting challenge we built our own tank we had like the, the biggest tank in north america that we built up in havasu that you know next to the one that was down in mexico it was the biggest one in north america wow and we and i think they just filled it in um it's like a roll of gabbers tape you just build it use it and throw it away. I I don't know. Anyway. Um, but it was a very cool tank. And, and it was, um, it was, it was, you know, being able to shoot there and then also shoot, you know, in and around Lake Havasu was kind of awesome.
0: Was that tank also used for the scene where the boat's sinking and like the girls trapped in there and it's, it's filling up and all that.
1: Yeah, that we did in, you know, one of these kind of more secluded coves. It was, you know, contained coves, you could say. Um, yeah, we did uh, most of the work live, or practical, I mean not live, practical, yep. in that cove, and then we did some of it, you know, in the tank as well, but um, very fun, very fun movie to do. Um,
0: I bet every day you didn't know what was going to happen, like it's just...
1: Well, yes and no, I mean, we had to, actually had to plan it out, like, really well, because, you know, it was a tight schedule and all, and all that, of people. and... Yep, a lot of people and, and all the rigging that went We there was so much, <laughs> so much blood in that in you know in that river that goes down under the bridge and, like, you know in Havasu City there. And, oh my
0: God! And it was just like, just red. The water is just red.
1: Totally red. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, it's biodegradable. Well, what are you bi- supposed to bi- do? You can't
0: clean that up very easily. It
1: just assimilated. Yeah, you know, it was you know it was corn syrup and you know yeah food coloring you know whatever. But yeah, um,
0: but it still looked. pretty deathly
1: (laughs) it was it was a really fun movie to do and actually i think it was entertaining and i think it was successful and again i think that director alex aja is wonderful and i'd love to work with that dude anytime anywhere
0: what about like when the scuba divers first kind of discover the cavern and the that dude comes face to face with the first one I mean, was that all in a tank as well? Like, how was that? Combination of yeah, that same tank, same tank
1: and digital as well. Yeah, it was a combination.
0: And so, how was? How do you? How do you light that? Are you just? Well,
1: flashlights, um, and um, it depends on what depth you're at and what you're trying to simulate. Because that's Um, supposed to be quite. Quite deep, right? right. It was so flashlight. Yeah. I mean, at that level, it's the lights they have on their head and their flashlights, and that's what really does it. And then digitally in the distance, they just created that. But yeah. um, we, we, you know, did, did some of that at night as well, and we did have some additional light from that that was from above, helping out a little bit. But um, Pete Zuccherini, who is a he's from Florida and he was underwater cinematographer. This guy's awesome. He's a living fish, and um, you know he did the photography. I helped him with the lighting. We helped him, definitely. But um, um, yeah, just making sure you get the right lights that are on there. It's so like in many cases, I kind of have the right flashlight if you're doing a scene above water, you know, yeah. make sure it works for you photographically. And
0: it still looks realistic. Like Exactly. It, exactly. Was, it was a lot of fun. Um, how are you with lighting scenes that you know are, you know, very CG heavy or that are going through, um, you know, a pretty rigorous process in post-production,
1: is that... No, I think it's cool. I mean, just,
0: You just need to count on collaboration of the post supervisor.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean you gotta have the vision, the super you gotta vision. have the storyboards or the animatics or you know whatever, the prevision or you know whatever it is, everybody's got to be on the same page, you gotta you know think about it all and kinda you know, you know understand what's organic and what should be or what should be simulated organic and, and you know you just think about it and collaborate and just do it. You know it's fun, it's actually quite fun. I'm actually I may do this movie Which has been kind of like happening and not happening for about two years. With Chuck Russell, the same guy did the mask and Scorpion King with um, Arabian Nights, which would be like a super fun kind of movie to do. Just talked to him about a week ago, and maybe that's bubbling again. Which is, pardon me, would be super fun. But that's would be
0: pretty CG.
1: Well, it would be a combination actually. The good news is in China and um, in Eastern Europe they. In, in some very obscure parts of Eastern Europe and China, that Westerners have never even photographed and/or seen, um, they have these incredible palaces and sets that we're going to maybe be able to shoot. And then, in addition to that, I mean, you still got flying carpets and shit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. would be really cool and Cyclopses and Sinbad and you know and you know whatever.
0: That'll be exciting to very fun collaborate on really and really deconstruct and create.
1: Yeah and yeah. It's just, again, it's all about preparing it properly. Someone having a vision, preparing it properly, and executing it, you know, and having a good time doing it.
0: I like your vision, John Leonetti.
1: Well, thank you.
0: And I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. No worries. My pleasure. And opening your home up to us. This is amazing. Anytime. Thank you, sir. And for pleasure. the brewskis.
1: Warm heart, cold hands.
0: <laughs> cold hands, warm, warm hearts, heart, cold you know hands. It.
1: Right on. Thanks. Very good. <laughs>